0: Lord, uh, we thank you for the week that we've had and how you have been with us and how you've given uh, fruitful labors to our hands and Lord, we come before you on your day and putting our labors aside, we approach with open hearts and open hands. We ask, God, that you would meet us, encounter us today, and that we would hear your word and we would know what you're saying to us, and that we would be edified to go back out into the earth this next week and exercise more and more dominion and export more and more of your kingdom to the whole creation. And to that, we turn our attention to you. In Jesus' name, give us help to hear and see. Amen. We are, I guess the title of the message uh, will be uh, essentially New Covenant, Holy of Holies, is what I hope to find our way to today. Um, But we're going to have to draw a map. So I've got, of course, a nice perusal through the scriptures for us. So feel free to take notes and jot these down because they may or may not come fast. We'll see. We will start. John 14, 6. If we're going to find the Holy of Holies in the New Covenant, we need to walk on the way. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The only way that ever brings anyone to holiness is Jesus Christ. No one finds the fellowship of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit apart from the way of Christ. Fair enough. Matthew seven, thirteen and 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life and there are few who find it the way is narrow the way of Christ is narrow so it's particular it's unique it's special you could even say it's holy where is this way isaiah 43:19 I'm using paper Bible today. Uh, Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. The way is a new thing. This roadway. Isaiah forty nine eleven. I will make all my mountains a road, and my highways will be raised up. Associating mountains in the road, we come to Isaiah 35 8 through 10. This comes in the context of God actually uh, giving promises of the future and uh, wrath upon the nations. But we should always, when we approach the Old Testament um, prophets, see the expectation. Because in the New Testament, we talk about, in Hebrews 12 and stuff, all of these these famous Christians, these famous faithful believers from the Old Testament, they all looked to a city and in an in a inheritance that they couldn't actually apprehend. They all looked forward to it. So when we go to the Old Testament, we read through Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and the Psalms, we should be able to see that that thing they're looking at, okay? So this is in the context of Zion's happy future. A highway will be there, a roadway, and it will be called the highway of holiness. The unclean will not travel on it. But it will be for him who walks that way, and fools will not wander on it. No lion will be there, nor will any vicious beast go up on it. There will not be found, uh, these will not be found there, but the redeemed will walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord will return and come with joyful shouting to Zion, with everlasting joy upon their heads, and they will find gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. There is a highway in the deserts of this universe that he is carving out. He has carved out. It is the way of Jesus Christ, and it leads to the Holy of Holies. It is a walk of holiness. It is a narrow path, and it marches straight through the, the earth. And, and in many, many hearts will find their way to crossing it, falling off of it, and engaging with it. But it will lead up the mountain of God into his city, right into the temple, into the Holy of Holies. That's the highway of holiness. We needed a map. We needed to go on a little bit of a journey because if we're going to find our way to the highway of holiness, we need to know the way. And that's kind of the overarching theme that I want to kind of draw out. But let me ask a few more questions. So that's where is the way. We've kind of got our map drawn a little bit. Now some qualifications. Who may travel it? Psalm 24. Verse 4, if I can find it. Oh, verse 3, sorry. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, and who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood, and has not sworn deceitfully. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation." You may be aware, but in case you weren't, your righteousness is not good enough to qualify you to walk on the holy way. It only comes through righteousness that God gives through his son, Jesus Christ. This is why Christ is the mediator. He is the way. He is the one who qualifies and empowers to walk along this way and find holiness, find that fellowship in the holy of holies. What will we do when we get there? Psalm 27, 4. One thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock and now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. When we get there to his tabernacle, his house, his temple, we would remain. We would be hidden away. We would fellowship with him. We would gaze upon his beauty. We would meditate or ponder the things of the Lord in his temple. We would dwell, live there all the days of our life. We would fellowship with God. That's where we're headed on this highway of holiness, straight into the presence of God and being able to fellowship with him and enjoy him. Therefore, Isaiah 62. Let's see if I can... It quickly. Verses 10 through 12. Go through, go through the gates, clear the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, remove the stones, lift up a standard over the peoples. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the ends of the earth say to the daughter of Zion, Lo, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. And they will call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you will be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. Is Isaiah sixty-two ten through 12. We would be called the holy people of God, demarked by the holiness of that is given to us by Christ so that we would walk on his way the holiness that allows us to enter into his presence that Christ has given us access to we would be even identified as a city a holy city all who travel there the idea is to go out make make it possible for people to enter in god has given us the keys of the kingdom keys are for opening doors. We are called to open the doors of the kingdom of God and all of the spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms that we have received in Christ. We are to open and release that to everyone around us. It's our duty and our obligation as people of the way. As people of the way, We take those keys and we open the door and allow people to come in and fellowship with God. We provide them with an encounter of the holy God of the universe. This is... Very much an aspect of evangelism that we have to consider if we're thinking in terms of evangelism and going into the earth and proclaiming the gospel. It is more than just a rote recitation of the word. However, that proclamation is indeed powerful and effectual and will accomplish everything that it is purposed for. But we have an expectation in our engagement with that proclamation evangelism that God would move, that God, as we open up the doors by proclaiming the gospel, that God would come out. That people would walk up the roadway into the Holy of Holies and meet God. That out of the midst of that holiness, there would be a river of water, a river of life giving water that would flow from his throne and wash over the unbeliever. What hinges with this flow and reception are doors, gates that are unlocked with keys that we hold. Switching gears a little bit, I believe. Isaiah 2, verses 2 through 5. Now it will come about that in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains and will be raised above the hills. And all the nations will stream to it. And many peoples will come and say, "'Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord.'" to the house of the god of Jacob that he may teach us concerning his ways that we may walk in his paths for the law will go out go forth from zion and the word of the lord from jerusalem and he will judge between the nations and will render decisions for many peoples and they will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks nation will not lift up sword against nation and never again will they learn war Come, house of Jacob, and let us walk in the light of the Lord. The mountain of the Lord will become more and more prominent in time, and more and more nations will stream to it, and our obligation to open up to them becomes more and more pertinent. The law of God will go forth. His ways will be instructed the culture of the kingdom would be imparted. Are we acquainted with these things? Do we have the map? Do we know the way? Do we walk on the way? Do we, are we faithful to stay among it? Traveling in and out of the Holy of Holies. Always gazing on the beauty of the Lord. Always enthralled to do so. So that we might... As we are going in and out, up and down this mountain, others would say, where are you going? What are you doing? And it would attract, it would involve many onlookers, many potential walkers of this way. I really want you guys to, to paint this picture in your head of a road going in and out of the mountain of God to the city of God and that the nations would indeed find their way onto that narrow path. And that we have to expect that. There is, the uh, harvest is great, but the laborers are few. There is quite a bit of work to do if the nations start to stream to the Lord. Which they are indeed doing. The law, the justice, and the culture of the lamb and king will flow from his house. Again, we've kind of touched on how, but let's ask another question of how. How could this be? First Corinthians 6:17 through20. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body but the immoral man sins against his own body? Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Your body, very, we're talking about the flesh, we're not talking about an ethereal body, we're talking about this body right here in time is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, be holy is the, is the exhortation, right? Therefore, put away your idols, put away your immorality, put away your um, anything that would uh, grieve the Holy Spirit and hinder or afflict the consecration to which this temple is actually called to. Holiness as a lifestyle. Holiness as practice holiness with everything that your body is to engage in. But at the center of this temple, what's at the center of the inner, what's the innermost man, the portion of the innermost man? What is that called in the heart? Well, there it is. I okay, the heart. <laughs> I was trying to form the question there, but okay. <laughs> the heart of man is the innermost portion of this temple, okay? This body That you see before you has a heart, has a secret place, has a chamber within it that God fellowships in. He has actually designed it to fellowship with him. He's actually designed to come into this chamber and dwell there and enjoy it and remain. This is his house. This is his secret place. This is his garden locked in the language of Song of Songs. In his temple, therefore... Our hearts are to be holy unto the Lord. The holy of holies is in the center and at the heart of the new man. And in the new creation, we have that consecration. Ephesians 2, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace." And might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross, by it having put to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access, our access, in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, and are of God's household. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. When God makes us new as individuals and our hearts become His holy place, His set-apart secret place, His dwelling inside this body, temple, we actually also have another reality of the corporate. It's the contrast between the individual promises and the corporate promises. The same principles apply. Our corporate body, which is the body of Christ, is the temple of God. And when our hearts are in sync, when our minds are thinking in the same veins, when this one Spirit of God fills that level of unity, the Holy of Holies is made manifest in the earth in a way that the individual cannot do. Where two or more are gathered, there I am also. The Holy of Holies in the Old Testament temple was the place where the Ark of the Covenant existed. There was a veil that that separated that Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple, from the rest of the outer courts, from the rest of the world. All of these levels of separation have been broken down, split from the top down, and opened up and made available. No longer is there a geographic location for the temple of God in the earth. In the New Covenant, that temple is us. That temple is me, that temple is you, that temple is us. This is where we come in worship on Sundays to approach Him, to come to the Holy of Holies, to meet Him at the table, to meet Him, to hear His words, to meditate in His temple, to gaze upon His beauty in worship. This is where we find ourselves fellowshipping with God. The Ark of the Covenant was in the center of the temple, it was, it was in the center of the Holy of Holies. Above it, there were two cherubim and then the mercy seat that sat between the cherubim. That mercy seat, was it a, just a, a judicial seat or was it a throne? Mercy's extended from it. Was it a judicial seat or was it a throne or was it both? That seat in the center of the Holy of Holies has not disappeared. That has not gone away. That was a... Permanent establishment and pattern for us in the church. That the throne would be present in our worship, in our midst, in our holy of holies, manifestation of the temple, the holy of holies, in worship and in our corporate life together. That throne exists. He still sits upon it. He still issues forth his judgments. He still teaches us from his law. And we still meditate on him. We still gaze upon it. And the one who sits there. The Holy of Holies is in the heart of man in the new covenant, but it's in the church. This is, we, I want us to drive those dynamics home. I want us to understand that our participation in the faith, our participation in evangelism, in just loving and operating according to Christian character in the earth, and serving these things cause us to grow and be fit together as living stones into the building and the temple of God. A house that is worthy of his name. A house that he has redeemed and established and consecrated for his glory. We are that house. We are that temple. And in the midst of us is the Holy of Holies where God would be pleased to dwell. For his habitation is among men. His dwelling among is on the earth in the midst of men. And we as the church get that. We experience that, that's our identity. That's literally the crux of what we come around on. Our worship and our life together is a life of holiness bathed in the presence and power and glory and holiness of God. And it is not just to be cloistered in us the gates are supposed to be opened and it's supposed to rush out into the earth. The knowledge of the Lord will fill the earth as the water covers the sea. The river of living water should go forth and rush down that, down that highway of holiness into all the earth. And fill the earth with the knowledge of God. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, but with all your heart. With the center, your innermost being, let it be consecrated unto Him. Let it be filled with Him. Let it be delighted in Him. Let it be His place of fellowship with you, His garden locked. And when we do evangelize, There's some interesting dynamics there. There's some things you have to, in order to evangelize, I think, I maybe am not the most experienced evangelist, so bear with me in my ponderings, but um, I've never had effective conversations of the gospel where my heart is not opened unto them. I've never had a conversation where fruit was born of God using me in any regard or just being participating in a fruitful way where I didn't have to expose myself and open that rock garden locked, open that innermost chamber, open my heart to the hearer. I don't know if I've ever had that happen without that. 2 Corinthians 6, 11-13. Our mouth has spoken freely to you, O Corinthians. Our heart is opened wide. You are not restrained by us, but you are restrained in your own affections. Now in a like exchange, I speak as to children, open wide to us also. Paul's exhorting the Corinthians that not only have we opened our hearts as the apostolic team that came to you, that got you founded and got you going, we're still open to you. We're still available to you. We still want fellowship in Christ with you in the same spirit, the same mind, the same heart. Open your hearts to us. Let us come in and let the the fellowship of God flow into you as this apostolic team Paul's the apostle Paul's got his team and they 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 got the keys of the kingdom they were employing them they are unlocking hearts and calling men to open up i think the uh, exhortation may be not in this one today is the day of salvation when you hear of it do not there it is the acceptable that's it is and it actually is in chapter 6 i'm sorry i should have written this one down before Verse 6 1 And working together with him, we also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, At the acceptable time I listened to you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Giving no cause for offense in anything, so that the ministry will not be discredited, but in everything commending ourselves as servants of God and much endurance, afflictions, distress, tumults, and all kindness and purity by weapons of righteousness and right hand glory and dishonor. Open up your hearts to us, is what he's saying. That's not just evangelism, although that's the initial point. That's pastoral care. That's fellowship ongoing in the new covenant community of God. Our hearts are open to one another. We walk in the light with one another. We don't hide. We don't skirt away from the opportunity to be known, for the opportunity to be seen as struggling or weak or whatever could possibly arise as an offense in our hearts or an excuse in our hearts to shut our hearts up. Our hearts are open to one another because this is the Holy of Holies. This is his heart. This is his house. This is his temple. This is where he dwells. That fellowship only comes when we're open with one another. And we invite others to participate. We go into all the earth and we invite them come into this house, come in to meet God, come in to participate in the life that we share with all of our hearts wide open and all of our thoughts and desires trained on Him and His majesty. All of our affections, all of our meditations, all of our efforts are just to love him, worship him, and enjoy him together. And we invite those that are far off to come in. Let me see if this one... Okay. Ephesians 4, 14 through 19. No. 14 for sure. Yeah, we'll just go through 14 through 16. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by, wave and, by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Every one of these hearts in this temple, in this Holy of Holies, has a working, has a gifting, has a supply which the rest of the body needs. It is indeed the job of those that are called and, uh, and purposed, and indeed every one of us, to help each other get to proper functioning with those gifts and talents. Until the proper working of those talents are going in each and every individual part, the growth of the body will not be unto the full maturity that it's intended. We cannot engage in that if the heart, we can't, I can't help you enter into the fullness of what God's calling you to and deposit it in you if your hearts are closed off, if our hearts are closed off to one another. We have to remain open to one another. We cannot callous our hearts up and close the doors and shut it up. We have to remain open even when it potentially hurts. We have to remain open even when we might be exposed to sinners. We have to be open to participating in this growth, in this life, in this supply, in this Holy of Holies worship. In order to gather in all the nations so that the body would reach its full potential. We have to get it right here, together, right now, and every day, and work through it, and continue to extend that to every person you come across. This is a very high estate. This is a very lovely place. This is the callings and gifts of God. We have that together. God has made it that way. He is the desire of the nations, and He walks in our midst. Let us open up our hearts. Let us have that map well well memorized that leads straight into the Holy of Holies. And help others walk on it. Help others enter in. Help others remain. Help others meet God. And enjoy Him together with us. That's really all I have, so... (laughs) But um, Lord, help us to appreciate what you've made, appreciate what you've founded as the chief cornerstone of this temple, of this house. Let us look at the church and see it as your delight, because that's how you feel about it. That's how you think about her. She's your treasure and inheritance. We are your bride, we are your church, we are your temple, we are your house, we are your city, we are your family, we're your citizens, but we're also your lovers. Be pleased to dwell in our midst, be pleased to purify us, and Holy Spirit come and open our hearts both to you and to one another that we may be built up in the true knowledge of God. Unto a mature man measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. In Jesus' name.